Yo, what's up, everybody? How y'all doing, man? Good morning. Anyway, random thought. Hey, y'all, I was at work, man, talking to my homeboy. And we were talking about, like, like movies and shit, man. And look, don't get me wrong. I'm a big movie nerd, like, TV nerd. I love them. And in my older age, man, I love, like, horror movies. Anyway, so he got me thinking, man. I'm like, look, if, if, there, if I was ever in a horror movie, man, it wouldn't even be a sequel for me, man, because... I've been out of there at the beginning. Like, like, not just at the beginning, like, when shit started getting weird, I would have been gone. And I'd be looking at these horror movies, like, these people stay in the same town and they have sequels. So that means this shit be happening all the time and these people still in this damn town. Like, for instance, look at this shit. Yo, this movie right here. Get my ass out of the way. Yeah, yeah, screen. Yeah, that, that one. Anyway. Anyway, screen. First of all, I don't understand the fact that why the fuck we got to die because somebody's mama was a hoe. We ain't got shit to do with that, man. She's mad somebody's daddy. He gets mad. He goes on a killing spree. And then all of a sudden, his whole family fucking crazy. And spoiler alert, in the new generation version of this damn movie, he got a kid that came out of no fucking way because he was dating the main chick in high school in the first one. In, anyway, but now everybody's crazy because this chick's mama wanted $40. I would have been gone. I mean, first of all, I can't even trust nobody in, in the screen town because everybody's a fucking serial killer. I, I've been out of there. Another one. And this is the prime one. The prime one. This one. First of all, this used to be my favorite horror movie of all times as a kid. Now I don't even understand what the fuck is going on. First of all, the reason why we've been last in this damn town because y'all know this shit goes down every fucking year at Halloween. Every fucking year Halloween, you know that this motherfucker right here, this bitch right here, is going to be killing motherfuckers. Why the hell are y'all still there? Bitch, by September, I would have been packed and gone. Motherfucker, you in high school. Where the fuck you going to go? I don't fucking know. I'm going to have to be a man that damn day because I'm getting the fuck out of there. I don't understand it, man. No. And then on top of that, how I knew I was being gone, spoiler alert again, in the newer movie, <clears throat> the whole fucking town was whooping his ass. He came back and killed all of them. Bitch, I'm gone. I would have been gone from the beginning. I would have been out of there. I don't have to worry about Jamie Lee Curtis' ass. Nobody. I'm, I'm gone because this nigga got a crush on his sister. Bitch, I'm gone. That's just my random thought, man. What's good, everybody? Yo, this is your favorite big little brother, Eric G. And welcome to a brand new episode of Random Thoughts with Eric G. Hey, y'all, this is season five, y'all. And I told y'all this season I'm doing something different. I can't wait. Hey, and before we get started today, y'all, let me introduce my guest. Um, she's she one half of the uh, podcast couple uh, because it was on. How you doing, Jessica? I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, appreciate it. I'm excited, too. 
Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, hey. I think this will be a good one. I, I hope so. I hope so. But, you know, this season I want to do something different. I never did a movie. Uh, like speak about movie reviews and stuff like that. And um, I know that your um, your your podcast, uh, you and uh, your partner Zach talk about movies and television. Uh, you want to give a breakdown of what y'all do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we host a podcast called Because It Was On. And um, our, our tagline that we always use on our podcast is like, we're like that film podcast, but for people who like to talk about that episode of Saved by the Bell where Jesse got addicted to caffeine pills. So basically <laughs> what that means is like, we like to, you know, everybody likes to talk about film and really analyze it. And what, what is the message of this film, why it was created and dissect it. Uh, and we think that people have for a long time overlooked not just television, but specifically sitcoms as a work that people put a lot of time and effort into creating and writing and developing. Um, and I think that means it's like worthy of taking a look at and it's worthy of sort of looking at seriously and understanding how it is influenced our culture and how our culture has sort of been like spit out into sitcoms as well. So we look at sitcoms and we okay. take a deep dive. Um, yeah, super, super fancy way of saying that we, we sit around and uh, like to talk about like how people talk about PMS and sitcoms. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I, like I've actually found y'all, um, I don't know, I'm trying to make, I know it was on TikTok. Um, I found you through TikTok and I like, and y'all have like millions <laughs> to me videos. And yeah. Um, yeah, but I actually was enjoying y'all y'all taking these different uh, different shows, and I yeah. was thinking that uh, a lot of the shows that y'all was talking about is, is shows I remember watching as a kid, mm -hmm. uh, especially my especially my grandmother. We would watch uh, Nick at Night, and we would watch the Nanny yes. and everything. So I said, I love y'all takes on these shows. Yeah, exactly. That's the the whole idea behind it is like we grew up watching Nick at Night, and like that was prime for us. And so we were just we were just like two like. 10 year olds just watching shows made for adults like 30 years ago. And so just thinking about like, how do we just, you know, create a platform to talk about it. And so we have the podcast and then of course we have TikTok where you found us. Lots of people find mm -hmm. us on TikTok. So um, you can definitely check us out there too. Folks listening. If you prefer more bite-sized content, you can check us out on TikTok at because it was on. So before we get into what we're doing tonight, Real quick question: What has been your favorite um, sh um, show you have watched that y'all reviewed? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I I'll think about like shows that because um, I have my my favorite of like what I already kind of knew, and some of these oh. shows we we kind of knew, some we didn't. Um, so favorite one that I I had already known it had been a favorite of mine growing up was Cheers. I love Cheers. Okay. I grew up on okay. it. Um, but the one that I didn't know as well and kind of discovered through the um, through the podcast, um, Who's the Boss? Ended up loving it. Okay. Never had watched it. Ended up, it, it's, uh, the way Zach and I talk about it is it is the most sitcom-y sitcom to ever, ever do the game. <laughs> it right, is so right. sitcom-y. Um, but there's so many out there that I want to like dig into more and, and pull apart um, that we haven't even touched I just recently finished watching like almost all of Blackish, so I want to throw Blackish mm -hmm. on an episode here soon. Okay. It's a great show. Okay. Um, so lots of lots of stuff, lots of content we haven't touched yet. 
Right. And like I said, I can't wait for the episode that we were supposed to be, we're going to be doing um, uh, the Facts right. of Life episode. I've oh, watched. I'm so excited. I've, you don't understand. I have watched almost, I think I watched with five seasons of Facts of Life in the last two days. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, and up, I know, man. I know, know you're a true fan. Cause when I was like, here's some episodes to watch, you're like, no, well, where's the episode where Tootie meets Jermaine Jackson? And that's how I know you're a real fan. Cause that is the oh, yeah. nuttiest episode of Facts of Life to ever exist. I can't wait I to talk just, about I it. I was just dying. I was just dying. That's the best, that's the best episode. Oh, oh man. God. I feel like oh Jermaine, like Jermaine Jackson at this point is now more famous, like more remembered for the Facts of Life episode he was on than that album that he was promoting. You know, I, I, I would love to interview Kim, um, Kim Fields. I'm like, out of all the Jacksons, Jermaine? Out of all the Jacksons? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I'd like, I'd give anything to have that, like that prop of that's just like the bust of uh, uh, Jermaine Jackson's head that Tootie made in the episode. I would love that. <laughs> Oh my God! So the reason why you're here today, we're doing a um a movie review. We uh we got a I got a chance to speak to you and Zach, and we talked about um I guess diving deep into two different types of genre of mu- or movies. Um, one of the movies that as another movie that y'all the movie y'all suggest for me to watch is honestly one of my favorite movies. Uh, Death Becomes yeah. Her, and uh, the movie that uh, hold on a second, I'm sorry, my son is calling me. Oh, no worries. Uh, but yeah, the movie that um that the movie I suggest y'all to watch would be um The Wood. Was mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies as a kid. It's like a coming of age movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm so no sorry. Worries. No worries. It happens all the He's time. Uh, I might cut this out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no worries. Like, all right, uh, so I'm back. So anyway, so the movie we, we we decided to give each other movies to watch, and um, like I said, Death Becomes Her is one of my favorite movies. Um, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do a I'm gonna play the trailer of both movies, so we can talk about what what we liked, what we didn't like, what was the uh, the best part of it to you, and what do you remember you remember from the movie that stood that stood out? Awesome, sounds great. All right. So let me, let me, I, I'd rather go first as I'm a gracious host. So, <laughs> okay. And this is one of my favorite movies. I'm so I can find it. Thank you, Eric. Know that it's worth every treasure on earth to be young at heart. Some people will go to any length to stay young forever. Is that someone? It's Madeline Ashton. Oh, she was a big star in the 60s. I thought she was dead. Oh, madam, you look younger every day. Thank you, Rose. But Madeline Ashton and her old friend, Helen Sharp. I've lost men to her before. Mad Hill. Are about to go <laughs> too far. A touch of magic. Drink that potion and you'll never grow even one day older. Bottoms up. No warning. Now a warning. Siempre viva, live forever. Ernest, I'm in the morgue. They think I'm dead. You are, but you're not. Are you telling me it doesn't hurt when I do this? It doesn't hurt. She's dead. 
She's dead, Ernest. Now he's dead. He's dead? Ernest is dead? Everybody's dead! You pushed me down the stairs. I'm so sweaty. I don't think it's sweat, honey. I think you're defrosting. Universal Pictures presents Meryl Streep, Bruce Willis. It's a miracle! And Goldie Hawn. Look at me. I'm soaking wet. Death becomes her. I just have to make a telephone call. <laughs> hey, uh, so... Before we can get started, before we can talk about anything, first of all, I just remember being a little kid and uh, watching this on TV, and it was me and my brother's favorite movie. We was little kids, and um, <laughs> and it, it's like to me, it's like it, it was watching like a live action cartoon. Yeah. Oh, you know what? It really does have that vibe to it. That's a good call right. out. Like the way that they do all sort of like the the body morphing and like extreme. Um, Gra like uh, special effects with like how they stretch their bodies and like move around right. with these severe injuries. <laughs> yeah, it's very yeah, cartoonish. So, so if anybody don't know, well, first of all, the trailer doesn't it has the trailer has way more of uh, uh, clips than the movie does. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's a lot of new it's a lot of newer scenes in the, in the trailer. But um, breakdown on what the movie is about. Uh, the movie is about a uh, it's about two best friends. Uh, well, frenemies. Uh, and it, it, the fact is that they've been in competition with each other their whole lives. Um, one is a successful actress. The other one, I'm trying to make sure she was an author. Yeah. Right? She was an yep. author. And um, they've been at each other's for odds. And I think in the 70s, um, one of the friends was Helen. She she decided to introduce her fiancé, played by Bruce Willis, to her frenemy, uh, played by Meryl Streep. And Meryl Streep decided she's going to take him. And not only did she take him, she take him and made his life miserable. So yep. the, a, a, a crazy Goldie Hawn, a.k.a. Helen, decided she's going to do the best plan to get him back. She uh, lost all this weight and got her body snatched all together looking good. And things went downhill. That's right. Yeah. Um, they're offered a, a, a potion which will allow them to live forever as young and gorgeous people. Um, but after they take the potion, they're then told um, they must be very protective of their bodies because while they um, can live forever, once a, a part of their body is broken, like that's pretty much it. <laughs> like you got to figure it out from there. Like it's not regenerating. It's only preserved as is. So then... Um, as you can imagine, uh, hijinks ensue, as they always do with Tales of Immortality. And I, and I love it, but it, it, the best part was that they decided to marry a mortician <laughs> who was able, right. to put, who was able to put their bodies back together. Um, so, <laughs> like, when you, what do you remember? How, what was your first memory of this movie? Yeah, like you, I remember watching it on TV first. I definitely caught the TV cut of it uh, growing mm -hmm. up more than anything. Um, and I think I had an awareness of who Meryl Streep was because she's always kind of been like this mega star. So I knew Meryl Streep was in it. I was like, okay, let's let's go ahead and watch this. 
Um, and I think like you, it, it, it doesn't, it, it holds the attention of a younger viewer because it is so silly and so cartoonish. Um, and it's such a campy film where like, they're not holding back with their emotional delivery on anything. Right. So it's very, right. very easy to, to pick up and understand what's happening. You watch it again as an adult and you can see sort of all these layers of everything that's going on there. But uh, definitely my, my first memories of it were, were similar to yours and that like it's a colorful movie with like a lot of silliness going on. Um, and it was just a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's complete with my, my, my introduction to it was kind of opposite. I knew who Goldie Hawn was prior to the movie. Okay. I, didn't know who, I didn't know who Meryl Streep was. Um, so I knew she I knew Goldie Hawn for um, what was it? Um, Overboard and different types of movies she had done. And I like I knew she was a comedic actress. The mm-hmm. only, the only, the thing that really stuck out to me was I think I didn't know this until I was a, almost an adult. Where that it was Bruce Willis that played the mortician because he looked completely yeah. different than anything yeah. he ever done. He looks different, and he's playing against type at this point. So at, uh, yes. up until this point, he's um, like he actually he started uh, Bruce Willis started on a sitcom. He started on Moonlighting. That was kind of like his first big break in Hollywood, um, and he was kind of typecast almost for a while as sort of like this charming guy um who did more comedy uh and it wasn't until uh he like made a switch in a, for die hard into like an action career and then from there was like only action and so it was actually like kind of a pivot for him to do this film um and a lot of people were uh concerned like for his career switching back into comedy and like going against sort of the action hero type that he had built in Hollywood up to that point. And he did a hell of a job in this. He did so good. And and like I said, as a kid watching this, to see the, the, the hijinks, to see that, um, the, the best scene to me, the best scene, um, if if anybody haven't watched it was, uh, the fight scene between Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep. And, and they, they going at it. And at the Meryl Streep shot, shot her with a shotgun and, a big hole in the middle of her stomach. Yes. Um, that is hands down the And she trying to keep her head up. And to keep her head, that is mm-hmm. the best scene. Um, what, like, what was, uh, what was a standout for you? What was, uh, what was one thing that stood out for you about this movie? I know you said it was your favorite. Which yeah. one that stood out? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely a favorite of mine. It's, uh, I know it's like one of Zach's like top, 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 top films. Um, for me, like the, the fight scene is really good. And actually this film is like, it's considered um, to be for its era, pretty revolutionary in special effects. Um, it's directed by Robert Zemeckis, um, who is, is considered like a very good technical director. Um, who does a lot of work that is like special effects based work. So I'm just pulling up a couple of his other films that uh, people might know him for. Yeah, so he did Back to the Future, Forrest Gump, um, Pinocchio more recently, Roger Rabbit. Um, So he's really, really good at these like highly technical uh, special effects shots um, and so this movie was was kind of considered that a special effects movie more than anything when it first came out so that fight scene is great because you know you you have uh, Goldie Hawn hitting Meryl Streep with a, a shovel and her so, head spinning yeah. around Goldie Hawn getting shot and you see directly through um, and all of those uh, stunts were pretty meticulously done uh, which right. for this type of movie is interesting because like, if you look at this movie it's kind of hard to classify like where it actually belongs 
in terms of like comedy. Um, yeah, so would, would you consider like a, a horror comedy? Not horror comedy, a, a suspense comedy or something like that? Something there's like a that? lot. Honestly, there's a lot of horror elements to it. Um, I don't think that that's like a wrong classification to call it like mm -hmm. a horror comedy. I definitely think it's a dark comedy. That's for there sure. Um, yeah. It's a dark comedy. And like with comedy, you don't often get like a high degree of special effects required in this way. Right. So it's, it's very interesting. Um, very interesting in that way. But like, I think what always like I like I remember from the movie, uh, like takeaway is the, the last scene when mm -hmm. like the the ending of the, the the curse of the film right is yes they mm -hmm. they live forever and they're young and beautiful but their bodies essentially like fall to pieces because they don't care for right. them and the the curse that these women have to live with for choosing to live with ever forever mm -hmm. is that they're stuck together right and right. the last parts of the movie is like they're just like completely falling apart and these two women have to like walk down the stairs together to like their fate which is it's just them <laughs> holding each other together through the end of time. Um, and I just like remember them like cracking to pieces and like falling apart and like having to keep each other together while also right. at the same time, like hating each other. And I think that's the scene <laughs> I, I remember the most. Oh my goodness. You know, one thing I do remember, um, I remember that Meryl Streep did a, a uh, interview probably about, I'd say about a few years ago where she talked about that this movie is her last movie she will ever do special effects with because yep. uh it was a during that fight uh that fight scene i love her and Goldie Hahn was going back for i think she actually hit Goldie Hahn with a shovel and for real and yeah. caused Goldie Hahn to get stitches in her head so, so yeah. she, that's her last movie she will ever do yeah and it's so meticulous when you do uh special effects like of this nature because it's like if you're even just a couple of like like half an inch off from your mark or from where you were supposed to hit or how you were supposed to hit that you have to redo it and you have to reset everything. And I, I guess it's quite meticulous work. Um, so I could, I could see why she said no, <laughs> no more. Hey, but, but like I said, it's one of my favorite movies. I hope everybody get a chance to check it out. Um, like I said, it's a childhood classic for me. I will go back. I, I will sit here and watch this movie. Like it's my first time every single time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a great, it's great. I agree with you completely. Highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. And also, and don't get it. I want everybody to understand. Don't get into, okay, the special effects look kind of whack. It's too, it's the early 90s special yeah. effects. So it's going to look kind of kind of crazy. But yeah, get it they were the great it's, for the time. Like now the time. they're dated, um, of course. But, and, but some of them like still kind of hold up. I think when you like see through the shot in Goldie Hawn's stomach, right. it still holds up. Like the special effect is still great. The, the sheer fact that they, I think that's the one scene that separates everything. It separates the special effect for everything. Is the fact that when she comes out the water, you can see the water pouring out mm -hmm. of her stomach. That's the best scene yes. to me because it actually takes, it's not just a glued on effect. You can actually see the water pouring through her. I think that's the best. That was one of the best scenes. Right. Yeah, I right. totally agree. The, the effects still hold up. They're great. Right. So I'm going to move on to another movie on Minds. And um, I wanted to see, can you speak about this one a little bit? I don't know yes. if you get a chance to watch it. I did, so, of course. All right. So let me let me play the trailer. Let's see. All right. Wait. Yo, you're a new kid, right? I'm from North Carolina. Yo, you play ball, Mike? I play baseball. Baseball. By the way, my name is Mike. Big Mike in the woods. 
Oh, what's the wood? It's not what you think it is. Nah, it's Englewood, Capricorn. That's where I grew up. Me and my boys, me, Roland, and Slim. Hell yeah. Well, I never thought I'd see the day Roland get married. I mean, we got three hours till this wedding kicks off, and can't nobody find him. Tell that fool he could at least face me like a man. Get back in that car because you marry him, Y'all act like you did in high school. Hey, Mike, I dare you to grab her booty. I will give you one dollar. You remember the bet? You remember the bet, Mike? Uh, no, I remember the bet. Do you remember the bet? Oh. <laughs> I was thinking about all them school dances. I used to have all the girls, right? Oh. Yeah, you can dance, right? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like Dan Peter. Wait, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, all right? Ooh. Ooh. Girl, I'm going to tell you something. Watch this. Mm. Mm. Oh, <laughs> snap. <laughs> I'm getting tired. I think I'm going to stop. Y'all just jealous, that's all. Yeah, Yo, you know what, man? You need to just grow your ass up, man, and handle your responsibility. Man, I just don't want to be wondering what if. If he didn't want to get married, he shouldn't have asked. He said, I love you, I want to marry you. Go away, bro. I mean, man, females get way too much power with this, man. Stop, stop. Let's make this a physical thing. I'm not ready. How long we been going together? Is it supposed to look like that? What you doing? We all think I'm going to give it up after one week. The joke's over. Pass the clothes. Yeah, yeah. We're close. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days. We should play this game for young, life. I'm, not a kid <gasps> I'm glad he got you guys some friends. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Back, back in the days when I was young. Hey, yeah. Back in the days. Hey, yeah. All right, all right, yo, that's one of my favorite movies, The Woods. So, can you break down what you what you got from that? Yes, the the, 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 the plot and everything. Yes, it is definitely as you mentioned earlier in the conversation. It is a coming of age movie for sure. And essentially, what we have, we open up, and it is Roland's wedding day. Uh, Roland played by Tay Diggs. Um, and so he's getting married, but surprise, surprise, he's nowhere to be found. And so his two best friends, Slim and Mike, uh, and Mike is kind of the person through whose eyes we see the, 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 the story. So Slim and Mike, and Mike played by Omar Epps, uh, Slim by Richard T. Jones, they have to go find, uh, they have to go find Roland. And so they find him and that's, sort of one part of the story, the modern day part of the story, but then it cuts back the whole time to the three of them growing up together as kids in Inglewood, mm -hmm. California, and very much coming of age, right? Your first love mm -hmm. and um, your first major girlfriend and heartbreak and uh, friendship all, all throughout the way. And so we're sort of intersplicing the two stories, following Mike as he is in love with Alicia, a girl from school. And you kind of see them on again, off again, growing up. And it all culminates um, with they, they find Roland. They basically talk him into going back and getting married. Uh, and then we end with the wedding where Roland gets married uh, and Mike reunites with Alicia after all of these years apart. Um, so that's the plot. 
Appreciate it, appreciate it. Hey, but I like, like I tell you about it. The reason why this is one of my favorite movies. Um, first thing, I'm from North Carolina, so okay. This, so that's the best thing for me. So when we was kids, you see that I, I guess a shout out in a movie. We were like, oh, he's from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so, yeah, at one point, uh, Roland I think had the Panthers hat on. So yeah, they mm-hmm. were definitely repping North Carolina. He had to take yes. it off to go into the the liquor mart. <laughs> yeah. So like I, said, I love this story because. Is for me, it, it tells. I feel like everybody can find some some point in their life in this story, no matter what race you totally. are, no matter what your background. Because we all have a a situation where we was in we were high school kids, we were middle school kids. We trying to navigate through being new at school or trying to have friends. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel like this story told it the best way. Yes. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely like it's a very classic coming of age story. Um, and it does, like you said, it doesn't matter um, what perspective you're coming from in life. Um, why coming of age stories are always so attractive um, is because everybody, most adults have come of age at some point, you would hope. Right. And so we all have the experience of like a first love. Right. And we all have the experience of, um, you know, friends and making friends and like the child childhood friends are always the friends that you like you remember as the best ones because when right. you're a kid what else you got to do besides just like hang out with your friends you know you right, don't have any right, real life right. responsibilities or anything else to care about so those relationships are always the sweetest um but yeah it was it, it I, I felt like it was a very relatable movie and like i'm not its target audience right i'm just some you know <laughs> white girl in Chicago like it's not me they didn't make it for me but I I thought there was a lot to relate to but that's what I love about these type of movies that we both pick for each other because Mm -hmm. um, outside looking in you wouldn't think that Death Becomes Her would be one of my favorite movies you know what I'm saying and 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 like I said The Wood um to me I even see it like I I look I I look at my sons now and I can see that same story is playing out with my teenage sons Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying? And you hoping that the outcome would be that they finally got it together. Yes. And they moving forward into something better. True. Yeah. That's a huge part of the movie, too, is like that. that is the ultimate message is about like, remember where you came from and like this, the friendships that you've built. But like mm-hmm. you have to choose to take the next step in your life to like move mm-hmm. on from that. So it, it is partially a movie about like letting go of your youth and your childhood and like allowing that to, to help you into the next step in your life. Because you see like Roland, part of why he doesn't want to get married is like, he doesn't want to have to move to follow um, his fiance to her next job. Cause he doesn't want to leave his friends. That's the same reason Mike didn't end up with Alicia. Right. Cause she went off mm-hmm. to Columbia yeah. in New York and he got into a school in New York, but he didn't go cause he wanted mm-hmm. to stay near his friends. So it's it's in in the ending we see him asking like well how cold is it in New York like maybe I could make it there you know so that he's realizing that like your friends are always your first love in a lot of ways but you can still have them and have that relationship but once you get to a certain point in your life when you're no longer just like it's a bunch of free time to just hang out with your friends all the time uh, you have to like change what that right, relationship right. looks like and it doesn't mean it's any worse but like it's just you're in a different spot and like you you know, you got to move to the, the next stage. Oh, I think we've see, all been love, there. Love, so you, break it, you, make it, you, you break it down so so eloquently. I love this. You, you, <laughs> you make it sound, oh, God. It's <laughs> so a good I do movie. Hope get a it's yeah, a movie. it's, 
I saw it was produced by MTV Studios. It was did it run on MTV a lot back in the day? Do you remember? Oh, if, if remember as a kid, be honest honest with you. Let me tell you how I remember watching this movie. Um VHS. I remember that that oh, nice. it, it didn't run on, now it probably runs on it probably ran on MTV probably in the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. But Okay. But I remember as a, as a little kid, man, cuz like I'm I'm from the 90s, so you know what I'm saying? So I remember a lot of these shows, yeah. the movies, but I remember just remember just we ran in the movie and we sat there and watched it. And at that time, we had, it was a lot of um a lot of black cinema movies that was coming out from the yeah. late, in the late nineties. So and this right here was failed in the line of that black they call it a black a black comedy black cinema comedy, and, and a lot of movies fell in that line. And I think that this movie right here stood out to me because it just had such a great story behind mm -hmm. it. And he was able to laugh. You were able to watch Mike this. Yeah. This country guy comes into this town and becomes part of the group, even after getting beat up a couple times. So, he, <laughs> so it, it was great. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's definitely really good. And it has it has like a really powerhouse cast. Like it has Omar right. Epps pre Loving Basketball, like before he was right. in Loving Basketball. Um, it has Tay Diggs, who's who's gone on to have a pretty prolific career as well right. so like the cast in this the main three um are right. so good they really but also if you watch them. also if you watch these movies a lot of these movies had the same cast recycled oh okay so as you said love and basketball alicia is sanalita mm -hmm. who also played mike epps girlfriend yes. in love and basketball yeah, yeah. Um, they they both like. I feel like most of this cast went on to have a pretty solid career after this movie. They they definitely show up a lot. I mean, they but and I love that they showed up in each other's films. Um, exactly. Because, yeah. Because like I said, you have Sanaa Lathan and and Tay Diz the best man rank behind this, and it went on from there. I mean, I think that this, it, like I said, I love that 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 type of that type of storytelling. I don't feel like it's going to ever happen again, though. Interesting, where like they use kind of the same ensemble over and yes. over. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. what do you think? So, what are your takeaways from both movies? What are these both movies you feel like hey, you liked and you didn't like? Yeah. Um, interesting question. Um, so, they're they're very different in a lot of ways. So, Death Becomes Her in terms of like what I liked, what I didn't like. Um, mm -hmm. What I like about Death Becomes Her uh, is it's just it's a very campy movie. Um, everything about it is very exaggerated. You're seeing actors in parts that you don't normally see them in. They're kind of all playing against type in a lot of ways. Like even Goldie Hawn starts the movie like in a fat suit, right? And like she's right. almost more of the straight man in the show uh, from a comedy lens. And so they're all kind of playing against type, but they're doing a great job. It's just like a very unexpected movie. Um, and I think it has a very unique take on eternity and right and living forever. I feel like you see this a lot in a lot of films and a lot of television, a lot of books. It's just repeated over and over this idea of like immortality and what that means. And so I think it's just uh, it, it's an interesting take on it that like you have immortality, but you don't have like indestructibility like you you could live forever as just like itty bitty pieces of yourself, like a broken vase, right. um, which I think is interesting. You don't see that a lot, mm -hmm. right? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, in in terms of like 
what I don't like about it. Honestly, there's not a whole lot I don't like about it. I understand. It. I understand. <laughs> um, I oh. love it. I love the movie. What about you um, for Death Becomes Her? What Death anything becomes, you like? like? What well, Death Becomes Her? Honestly, like you said, it's a wacky movie, and yes. it's a movie you cannot take serious. Um, no, if you, if you, and I, and I think that, I think that it, it ranged with a certain generation and time. I don't yes. think this newer generation will really appreciate it as much as we did. Yeah. Um, because, like I said, that was the first time for us seeing this type of high tech CG, CGI and and, and it seems where I feel that mm-hmm. so that that these newer kids who seen Avatar wouldn't understand. True. True. So I do love the fact that it, it just it's, it's, a, it's a childhood nostalgia for me. Yeah. Um, I love that. I love that the. Um, I love that, like I said, the cast. I think it was honestly the perfect cast. Agreed. I couldn't. I could not see. There's supposed to be talks sort of a remake. I can't oh, see nobody else playing. I can't see anybody playing these playing this role other than the three people. Yeah. Played it. I wouldn't. I don't know. Like I feel like it doesn't need to be remade. Uh, but I feel like I don't know. Maybe that's just like what you say when you get older. <laughs> You're just right. saying it doesn't need to be remade. It was told. Um, I think it was to have. Uh, I think they were supposed to have. Um, was it um uh, what's her name? Uh from the Princess Diary. Um Oh, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. This is Anne Hathaway supposed to play okay. one of the characters. And I could I think, see that. Yeah. I, I, I think I would cast uh in the Meryl Streep role, I think I'd cast Jennifer Lawrence in the Meryl Streep okay. role. I think she could okay. do it. Um, okay. I also feel like she's not that busy. I don't know what she she kind of fell off after Hunger Games. No, she, she, she got she, she got two movies coming out. Two movies yeah, that's true. She's true. she's making a comeback, so maybe that's a good cast for her. Then she's making a comeback. Yeah. She's on her way back yeah. up. So I think Jennifer, you put Jennifer Lawrence in the Meryl Streep role, and then I think Anne Hathaway could do the um, the Goldie Hawn role. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I, I still can't see. I can't see based on. Like, I know they, they they can be funny, but I can't see them doing this type of comedy. Mm-hmm. A lot of really physical comedy. Right, right, right. Yeah. Maybe 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 Jennifer Lawrence. Maybe Jennifer Lawrence because she her new movie is more physical physical comedy. True. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and then I I don't know for the Bruce Willis role who exactly I'd pick off the top of my head. Someone said Harry Styles, and I can't see that. Harry Styles, I feel like, yeah, we, I mean, Harry Styles, he was in the the Don't Worry Darling. I never saw it, but I heard he, like, wasn't that great of an actor, so I don't know. I don't know if I'd throw him in that role. Um, yeah. I, I think I'd try to grab somebody from, like, the Marvel Universe. Um you know, so Chris Hemsworth, a Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, so Chris, I, I think Chris Hemsworth would actually be a great choice. Or Chris Evans. One of the Chris's. Yeah, but you got you got to. It's got to be a role that's going to separate them from who we know them as. Right. So exactly. But I, like I said, I, it's going to be to me if they do remake. I, I don't think I'll be able to get into it. I'm, I'm so big on picking and comparing. No. Like. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I don't. I don't think they need it, but you know, who knows? Maybe they'll do great uh, things with it. You never know. Right. So, but as a as a as a, I guess what I don't like about it. Uh, what I, what can I say I don't like about it? Because to me, it's a great movie. Um, what I don't like about it, I guess it, it, the pace kind of goes real fast and slow down. And 
Those That's what I was here. thinking. Yeah, when when I was like racking my brain for like what I don't like about it. Yeah, pacing is a little strange. It's a little bit of a long movie for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and I, and I do feel like it could have a better ending. Well, I don't know. Well, I can't say that the ending was honestly one of the best parts too. Um, it's definitely I, I, not I, a I, happy ending. It, it, sure. It's to me, I laughed so hard at the ending. But, it's uh, good. But but like, like I don't know like will we end at a funeral? Should we end at a funeral? Should we? Mm -hmm. Should Bruce Willis had probably lived longer, and he lived for a long damn time. Yeah. But I, I like I said like I don't know. I, I wonder. I wonder if he should have drunk the the potion or I don't know. I think it should have been more different to his life after death. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I mean, the whole movie is about comparing his journey to theirs in terms of like he doesn't right. want to to live forever in the same way that they do. Um, so yeah, so the the question of should he should he have drank it is an interesting one. Um, mm -hmm. It'd be I think if they do do a reboot, it'd be interesting to do something with that, right? Like that kind right. of question, um, and maybe like maybe he does drink it in the the new mm -hmm. one or or something like that, just to do something different. Mm -hmm. Because I think that was part of the central tension of the film is like him refusing to to be like these women who's uh, like kind of he he like he partially ruined their lives um, and then takes no real responsibility for it. I mean, I mean, I think he just I think I feel like he fell into the trap of their 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 evilness. A little like bit, just, a little bit. I feel like he he was they didn't neither one of them cared about him. It was just to make the other one. I mean, jealous. I think Goldie Hawn did up front, right? Goldie Hawn cared okay. about him, and he he left her because like Meryl Streep looked better at well, the time. But but like if you go back to the beginning when she said that it happens before, he she has always taken taken man from me. Yes. So yeah. she's. So I, I think that that I think that Bruce she was trying to show was like off her prize. Yeah. Yeah, I think just yeah, he was this high tech surgeon, so right. I got one over you. It was I don't think it's the fact of love for him at all. Um, the, yeah, that's true. I don't think any of them <laughs> loved each other. That's for sure. Um, uh, uh, as for the wood, the wood to me, like I said, I love the coming of age story. Um, what yeah. I love, what I love about that movie is you see the unity of three brothers um, getting together, and, and, yeah. and you watch them. It makes you, it makes you want to compare what you went through as a child to who you are now. A hundred percent. And I love that. Like I said, I, when I watched that movie, I actually go back into me being a teenager and when I had my friends and what we did as, as kids and, and long, now we grown and neither of us talk to each other now, but we just, it, it, just, it made me tell these stories. When I tell these stories to my sons, they're like, you did that? Like, yeah, this is like, <laughs> it play, it, this is how it played yeah. in my head. Just this movie. Um, yeah. What I can say I don't like about the movie is sometimes the jokes are wasn't well executed. Yeah, um, a lot of the times it kind of fell flat in here and there. Um, but to me, yeah. I do love that it, it, end, it ended on a high note. Yeah, yeah, I can totally understand that. Um, and it's like it's a movie of its time, so like I think there are also jokes that don't like always age the best and like don't breed for modern audiences the way they did back then. Um, I think, I, I don't know for sure, it kind of feels like a little bit of um, the filmmaker who created it. It seems like I, I could read it as like, this is an early career movie for them um, in terms mm -hmm. of like, they're just learning how to do this. Because like you said, there's some stuff that like, 
maybe with some more iterations of the script could have been a little tighter, a little sharper, uh, but it, obviously it wasn't bad. I really liked it too. Um, and honestly, the, what, what I, part of what I think about it is like a lot of coming of age stories you get, um, or, or maybe a better way to phrase it is like, um, as like a white person who ends up by default getting fed, like a lot of media made for white people. Um, <laughs> right, right. is that like, whenever you get like a black coming of age story, um, it always has like elements of tragedy in it. Oh, um, right. right. It's always like somebody's going to get shot. It's going to be like, oh, like drug running or whatever. Right. All those things, like not to invalidate those stories because like lots of people have that story and that's fine. Um, mm -hmm. It is very rare uh, to mm -hmm. be given like a story about like a black coming of age story where like it's so like it's very wholesome. And I feel like probably very true to life to a lot of people who like grew up in Englewood um, mm -hmm. who like, yeah, shit was going on. Right. And they have it in the movie, like shit's going on, but like, you're still just living your normal day-to-day -day life in a way that's like very relatable to a bunch of people across all, like all cultures, all races, all genders. Um, and like, I think the movie is actually really important in that way because like, I feel like if more people saw it, like it helps to humanize people who are growing up in these situations um, to like show that it's not just like this, like, you know, tragedy, tragic situation of like drug running and gang banging and all that kind of stuff all the time. I, lo I love that you said that um, because I do feel that, especially in the, especially in the nineties, a lot of the black comedy movie, uh, black movies, black films was what does benefits off of trauma. Um, totally. Boys in the hood did Miss Society. Um, uh, uh, South Central. Everything was based around trauma and how we overcame the trauma. And I love the fact that this movie, we knew it was stuff going on, but they didn't focus yeah. on it. it focused it's not on about that. Friends. It's about these friends and how we are making it through this journey. Exactly. Even I think the, the the biggest, like, I guess crime thing that happened was the, the, the store get robbed and why yeah. they're in the store. but And then they decided to go off with the robbers. But Right. <laughs> I think that yeah. I think, but but I love that I love how he told the story through that. Like, yeah, yeah. This, this is this is the girl I want to talk to, his brother. And he actually likes me now, right? And, right, yeah. And then he says, like, it's crazy how like like twenty minutes ago I was so worried because I was getting pulled over by the police, but as soon as I was at the dance and I saw all the girls, I just forgot it. And like that's kid brain, right. like total exactly. thirteen year old boy brain. Like yeah. it's it, it was and, good. And and I love that. I love, like you said, like you said, it didn't focus on just the negative. And exactly. You, you rarely seen the negative, even when they were fighting yep. with each other. It, I love yep. that scene. Yep. It was it, like, it's at its heart. It's like a very wholesome story with a happy ending. Um, and like, yeah, it's, it's like, uh, as like a white person, like we are so rarely shown those stories um, about black people. It is always like has to be wrapped up in some sort of like, trauma um and again i don't want to invalidate that because like that's important those are important stories too but i think it's important to have both things um and like for those broad narratives to be to be shared that way um so it's like yeah I, like i honestly didn't see i'd never seen the wood until you uh recommended that we watch it and like i like i think it's i think it's just kind of a shame that uh, i hadn't seen it before and i know a lot of people probably haven't a lot of people right. like in my school and probably haven't and and I love that. I wanted I wanted to get a chance, and I, I knew that you probably didn't see, haven't seen that movie before. Um, and and I wanted you to actually get a chance because I, I do think that black cinema 
it's something that's always been considered as low budget. Totally. And a lot of people, a lot of people doesn't doesn't talk about it. Um, it yep. don't it don't get a lot of support in the movies. It's always a straight to DVD movie. Um, but I love that this. I remember I rem, I remember when this came to the movies, and um, and my brother went to see it with his friends. And yeah. They was teenagers at the time, and they loved it. But I appreciate I appreciate what you said about it. It's not all tied up into trauma, and I love that. I think this would be a great movie for anybody in your circle to watch and venture out. Agreed. To. Agreed, I, and yeah. I, and, I, and, I, and I think the same thing for me, too, uh, when it comes to movies like Death Becomes Her. Because yeah. what we see in my in my, in my my circle, my friends, a lot of people doesn't watch, they haven't watched movies like, what is it, be honest with quote, unquote, a white movie. A quote, unquote, yeah. a movie that, that wouldn't catch our attention or catch how we feel. But yeah. I feel like that type of movie separates who we are from the actual art because it's actually a mm-hmm. very funny movie. It's very well like, totally. filmed. Totally. And I think we should, I think we all should get the chance to watch that. Yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate power, right? That's why media is so powerful regardless of what form that media is is because like it does allow people to hear stories and see points of view that they don't encounter in their regular day-to-day life, right? There's probably plenty of people um, who spend most of their life never talking to somebody with like a different background than them, whether that be like race, class, whatever it might be. Um, and so media is a really powerful way to communicate that. And so I think having more films that just show like a, a different experience than, than yours is so important. That's why like it, like I should watch more movies by, by black creators. And so should everybody. I should watch more movies by Latin creators, Asian creators, men, women, you know, that that diversity is really needed. Uh, And that's why I think like talking about black cinema, like you mentioned, is important. Talking about television shows, sitcoms like me and my my co-host do on our podcast is important Mm -hmm. because those are ways that stories are told to different people about different people. And so I, I think it's just important to understand what are they even trying to say? Right. So basically what we're saying to everybody, get your ass out of your comfort zone. Amen. Seriously. It's, it really <laughs> is but, uh, it really is important. All right. So we're wrapping up at the end of this right here. Um, let me give you, I'm, I'm going to do a little quick game real quick. You don't mind. Sure. I got yeah, it. I got let's it. do it. I got it. I got it. I got a few times. A few more minutes. Um, so I'm going to give you, I'm going to name two, two shows, two sitcoms, and you got to tell me which one would you pick as your top favorite. That's your favorite. Okay. Okay. All right. And you got to tell me why. You got to give me one good reason why. Okay. All right. Let's do it. All right. Let's start off. We can go old school. My favorite. Uh, you have I Love Lucy versus okay. The Honeymooner. Oh, interesting. Um, I'm going to go with I Love Lucy. They're both good shows. They're both really good shows. Um, but I think Lucy was a pioneer both in front of and behind the camera. Um, mm-hmm. So she, she was uh, like basically one of the very first like very famous women um who started a comedy but also like had her own studio and pushed for more representation like we were just talking about how important representation is right push for more representation of like latin actors and those sorts of things to actually be playing the roles she was a a a fierce sort of anti-racist at that time in hollywood and so I'm going. I'm going with my girl Lucy. All right, Lucy, love Lucy. All right, um, we're gonna do All in the Family versus Maude. 
Oh, tough. That's so tough. Um, I like them yeah. both. Um, Mod is a spinoff of All in the Family. Yes, it is. Um, All in the Family is the more important show. I will give it mm -hmm. that. But I would, if I'm going to turn on TV right now, I'd rather watch Mod um, because I love B. Arthur. <laughs> I love B. Arthur. You can't. She, she's the perfect straight woman in a way. Like, yes, yes, she's um, awesome, hilarious. I love Mod. Okay, so this move right here, this show right here, is the complete opposite. You have okay. the Jefferson versus Good Times. Oh, you're giving me really hard ones. Um, I like I like the Jeffersons. I have to go Good Times. Um, I feel okay. like I really like the ensemble cast in Good Times. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also it's based here in Chicago, so that yeah. gives you know gives it a little bump for me being a Chicago girl. Um, so I got to go Good Times. That's tough too though, um, because Jeffersons is an iconic show. Oh man, I gotta go. I gotta go with the Jeffersons. It's a very fair I, choice. Mar Marla Gibbs is my favorite. Um, she had another show that got put up. Um, okay, you designing women or Murphy Brown? Ooh, oh, if Zach were here, he would never be able to choose. Um, <laughs> tough, 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 tough. Um, I'm gonna go with designing women but that one was really hard um i'm gonna go with designing women uh again because i think there's a couple things about it um one designing women was a unique show in that it was created by pretty much a single person linda bloodworth thomason yeah. uh, she created and wrote every single episode for the most part i think there's only two in the entire run that's not written by her uh, which is rare for sitcoms most of the time they're like a frankenstein of a bunch of writers who who wrote for different seasons uh, and i think she had a really interesting point of view she was a strong writer using characters in the south to promote a lot of progressive ideas um and i think that was great love murphy brown too but i'm gonna give this round to designing women okay i, I go with designing women okay um family matters or saved by the bill Ooh, tough, tough, tough. Uh, Family Matters, another Chicago show. Um, and I do love that about it. Uh, I've definitely watched more of Saved by the Bell than I have of Family Matters. Uh, if I were going to turn TV on right now and have to pick between one of those, I probably would pick Saved by the Bell. But it's a tough one because I do love Family Matters. I mean, as big as I'm a biggest Family Matters person I am, I love Say About the Bill. I just remember watching it as a kid before I went to school. Yep. Like that's yeah, it came on every morning. Yeah, um, the nostalgia's hard on that one. Yep. Okay. Let me see if I can give you a hard one. A really hard one. Um Okay, we'll do the best we'll do the best of beta white. Oh, okay. Okay. Mary Tyler Moore versus Golden Girls. It's it, they, like, I love Mary Tyler Moore. It's a great show. And it's very, very important in history in terms of like letting women have their own show, be the lead of a show, not be married, all that kind of stuff. Very important. I just love the Golden Girls. I got to go with Golden Girls on this one. Uh, it's a tough show to top. Oh, yeah. Hands down, my favorite show of all time. So. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's a really tough one to top. Really tough one to top. Yeah, hey, so. I got. All right, well, look, that's it right there for the game. Man. Awesome. That was I, very I think, fun. I think, I, I, I think you did all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for putting it together. It was fun to play. Oh, man. So, hey, before we go, let everybody know who you is and your, and your podcast and your show. Yes. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my name is Jessica. I am the host of Because It Was On. Uh, I host it with my my, my good buddy, Zachary, uh, wasn't able to join us today, but he's a very funny guy. Highly recommend um, you guys check us out. So you can find us on anywhere you listen to podcasts, Because It Was On, um, or we're on TikTok. We're also on Instagram, also at Because It Was On. So come and join us. Come say hi to us uh, if you like to talk about sitcoms. Um, we're your folks. So come and see us. Hey, I appreciate that. Hey, yo, let me uh, tell you about who I am. It's like like y'all don't already know. Hey, yo, this is your favorite big brother, little big brother, Eric G. Hey, yo, check out my podcast, Random Thoughts with Eric G, available now on all platforms and on YouTube. Go to my YouTube, y'all. Get them viewers up, man. I need, I need, I'm new to the YouTube world. Let, let get, give me some, some subscribers, y'all. I need that. But anyway, man, I want to pre, I want to say, Jessica, thank you. Also, thanks to Zach. I, yeah. It was a great time. We had a great time. I know we've yes. been communicating forever now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being patient I, with us. <laughs> I know it's all great. Um, I just want to thank you. Um, and, and like I tell everybody, I tell y'all, I tell you all the time, you making my dreams come true. I really appreciate that. Um, so, so let me go ahead and get myself out of here, y'all. This is your brother Eric G, and like I always say, God bless you. Peace. <laughs>